Before we get started, a special thank you is in order to our friends over at Stanley Customs. Stanley Customs creates amazing custom sports figurines for all you athletes out there. Right now, our listeners will get 15% off their order and all interviewees will get 25% off of their order simply by going to Stanley underscore Customs on Instagram and telling them that Globally Ballin sent you. Thank you. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Globally Ballin podcast, a product of the Globally Ballin podcast network we have a fantastic interview for you today so sit back and enjoy and thank you all for joining us one more time here's the music i gotta let you go finish the game with a broken hand yeah finish the game with- i'm rio 2016 silver medalist and asian games 2018 gold medalist young man how do you use a celebrity for good you know, it's, uh, up until that point, most of us as, as athletes were taught how to use a celebrity to manipulate, to get a girl, to get famous, whatever it is. We're hours away from kind of the nearest hospital to end up losing this leg over. I don't think a lot of people know the opportunities there are actually to play overseas, especially in the women's category. Actually broke my neck. I was paralyzed from the waist down, and I was never supposed to walk again, much less be able to play football again. Had a couple guys get robbed at gunpoint, um, and one of them was just like, "Yeah, get me out." At the same time, there are some who would still keep their nine to five jobs because the pay for being an athlete isn't enough. Don't complain when we look like idiots abroad in these big tournaments. What league or country gave you the best pay contract-wise? Probably Turkey my last season. Okay. Hey everybody, this episode is brought to you by an additional sponsor. We are now also brought to you by Creating Young Minds. Creating Young Minds is a nonprofit out of Louisville, Texas, right outside of Dallas. You may remember we've had an episode in the past with the founders of Creating Young Minds, Dr. Shira Ackerman and Coach Mathis Crowder. Creating Young Minds strives to help young men achieve success in their life where they may not have otherwise achieved that success. One way they do this is through their new basketball team. The Louisville Yellow Jackets, affiliated with Creating Young Minds, play in TBL, the Basketball League, and through a combination of their nonprofit as well as their basketball team, Creating Young Minds and the Louisville Yellow Jackets are doing their best to bring the European model of basketball to the United States. That is Creating Young Minds. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, basically everywhere. Find creating young minds check them out see what they're all about and when the tbl league rolls around once again keep an eye out for the lewisville yellow jackets thank you hey everybody and welcome back thanks for joining us again to another episode of the globally ball and podcast today our interview is with the president of growing and emerging basketball league actually this time right here in the united states david David magley is the president of the basketball league in his paraphrased words, this league is like double A to basketball in the United States. You have NBA, then you have the G League, and then you have the Basketball League. You're going to hear in the interview that the Basketball League, obviously it's basketball, so it has a lot of similarities that the NBA G League have, as well as international basketball, because it's basketball. However, the business model and idea behind it is drastically different. The whole atmosphere surrounding the league itself 
is very, very different. Another aspect that makes this league different is where you find these teams. Because it's so community-oriented, the business model for the league fits in all different types of cities, including areas that are not necessarily major metropolises. For example, the team from Yakima or Louisville or Owensboro. These are not major metropolises by any means, and yet we still have some teams from Tampa Bay, Dallas. Now, teams are growing and changing constantly. David's going to talk about that a little bit more, but enjoy learning about this very, very different style of basketball. From from cities that are hosting these teams to the way that tryouts and combines work to the amount of time that players are out in the community, working in the community, to a host of other things, the basketball league is a drastically different league. It's also a fantastic stepping stone for, for athletes looking to play. David talks about it, and I don't want to take too many words uh, out of his mouth, or I want to just let him talk in just a second. But one of the things you'll hear in the interview is he talks about how, I forgot who he mentions, but one of the one of the players wants to stay in the U.S. because he has family, and so this league gives him the opportunity. And so that's one thing. You know, a lot of players want to develop their career. They want to move up, but moving out for whatever reason may hold them back or maybe all the international offers are not necessarily places if they were going to go overseas these countries or these leagues aren't really what they were looking for maybe too far maybe whatever but this offers a fantastic opportunity to play the game you love still in the united states and still getting noticed and yet on a totally different note playing in a league that just has a whole completely different feel so much so that he'll talk about players that just don't want to leave even though they could and play somewhere else so enough of me talking enjoy the interview with the president of the basketball league david magley david how are you Good, good. Thank you. Thank you for taking some time with me. Let's start off by having you kind of just describe what is it that you do. We're the basketball league, the GPL, and what we do is you know, we're building a professional basketball experience for communities around North America that the, the primary focus is in entertainment. It's about engagement with the kids and the youth of the community that happens to be through the entertainment of pro basketball. So we're, we're giving young men a chance to fulfill their dreams by playing pro basketball and then hopefully you know, leverage this opportunity for exposure and, and get to the levels that they dream of. We consider it professional because everyone in our league is paid. In doing so, we're creating a, a level that in any other country would be considered professional because we're here in the U.S., they would call it minor because of the NBA. So, for example, I ran the NBL Canada as a commissioner for a few years, and, and that's a wonderful league with great gyms and everybody gets paid. But because the Raptors are in Canada, they, they consider that minor. If the Raptors were there, it'd be considered pro-A. Oh, I so see. We would say that, that, that we would be pro-A or pro-B in any other country in the world, but because we're into where the NBA is and and they have a minor league system in baseball, they would consider this minor. And, and for us, if that was the case, then we would consider us double-A. If the NBA is the major league baseball and, and G League is triple-A, then we would consider ourselves double-A to, to have a comparison of where we're at. Okay, and but you guys don't have any direct affiliation with the NBA? No, we do not. Okay. And so how long has this league been around? This is We're going into our, our third season. The first season, it was in a different brand called the NAPB, which was North American Premier Basketball. And between season one and season two, my wife opted to 
to start the basketball league, TPL, and we morphed it into it. And the purpose for that was, A, we could become sole owners with my wife, and then B, her focus was really about the community piece. And, you know, you, you look at it, and it, it gives a greater purpose to what we do. And from a business standpoint, it makes sense because people want to support things that enhance their community. If, you're, if we're in the school system and we're doing more than just saying, hey, here's a buy one, get one free ticket, pat you on the head, come to our game, but we're actually an asset that a teacher will call and say, hey, I'm losing one of our kids. He's a boy that loves basketball, and his dad left the family, and he's distant from the class and doesn't meet with the other kids. Can one of your guys come over and have lunch with them and maybe come to a practice or sit on the end of a bench? And, you know, we have the ability to be that granular in our efforts, and if we're able to do that, I think we genuinely impact that young person's life, but we also build a stronger fan base, so it works on both accounts. That's fantastic. That is an aspect or an angle to a league like that that I've never heard of and definitely a power. Uh, you guys have a lot of opportunity then to make some great changes, which is absolutely fantastic. Well, make a great point. Our kids are different. They're different than, you know, when you send a 6'9 black kid with a blonde pohawk into somebody's school, they know that's not a teacher. They know that's not a parent. It's probably a pro athlete or somebody different. What is he here for? Well, now we're teaching these young men how to use their celebrity for good. You know, up until that point, most of us as, as athletes were taught how to use the celebrity to manipulate, to get a girl, to get famous, to get whatever it is. Well, now we can take these opportunities and, and, and enrich their lives because, you know, the feelings they get when they get back the young person changes them forever as well. So everybody wins in that. And what are some of the examples that you can, I, I don't know if the one with the student having a trouble having a player sit down with him was a hypothetical situation, or what are some examples of ways that you've had players be able well, to use this? I think, I think that's an actual example of something that happened in Jamestown, New York. You know, we've got, a, we've got, one of our things we do is we have six individual awards that our, one of our sponsors, Baron Rings, gives us uh, rings for each guy. One's MVP, one's newcomer of the year, rookie of the year. Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, and then we have the Spirit of the Game, and that award goes out to young men that really impact their community. And the two that come to mind is a young man out in Yakima, Washington, who, you know, Yakima a, 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 has, a, has a major Native American reservation called the Yakima Nation, and he went out to their reservation schools. They did found out they didn't have uh, art class, and he started teaching art classes. He was hoping. One or two kids would come out, and he averaged 80 kids a week for for like eight weeks during the season. My gosh. And he, they just, and he's a seven-foot kid with a ponytail. So when they walked out, they were like, man, the guy from the Sun Kings is here to teach his heart. And they just loved it. So he really impacted the life. And then uh, another young man, the Jameson Jackals, he went out and he uh, just volunteered at everything. So youth groups at churches, you know, Saturday morning basketball refereeing. It got to the point where everybody knew who Jay was. So when he wasn't even a starter. So when you would go to a game, after the game, you would see the kids mob him. So he, he, just, he loved it. He really embraced it. And it's just such a cool thing to watch these guys you know, give up their time. And, and again, once they get their mind around it, they volunteer. They, they want to do it because it's, it's fun. Absolutely. I, yeah, I, we've found that with, you know, the more we research different leagues like this, we find a lot of their stories are when they go and travel overseas and they have opportunities to work in the community, it's memories that will last forever and fans and friends that they develop. 
and last for a really, really long time. From a business standpoint, if you, if you flip it to that, more companies want to sponsor our polo shirts than our jerseys because our polo shirts go to the community. Oh. You know, when, you, when, you, when you put their logo on our shirt, they're going, listen, I support this school visit. I support this free camp, this free clinic, this art program. Now, I want my brand affiliated with somebody that does that, which I think you know, kind of meshes us so that we become the fabric. And, you know, over time, it separates us to the point that there's sustainability. Because, you know, if it's only about the entertainment, it's only about winning and losing, some people are going to lose, some people are going to win, and sometimes the entertainment ebbs and flows. I mean, we have to have an entertaining product. We have to have dancers and music. And you know, that, That's what people expect from pro basketball. They watch the NBA. We have to have a scaled-down version of that. So it has to be more than just the game. Even in that, there's a lot of pressure to make certainly entertained enough to keep coming back. If we're entertaining plus we're serving, now we've got, I think, a formula that's going to help these teams last a lifetime. Does this angle that you guys have of kind of being out there for the community and attitudes and all this thing, does that spill over into any sort of like rules and atmosphere of the game? Like, is it a little bit stricter with certain things or not? You know, it is. That's, that's another good point. We have the conversation with these young men. You know, sometimes there's. 300 people in the gym, sometimes there's 3,000 people in the gym. You can hear everything these guys say. You can hear everything the coaches say. And, you know, I mean, let's be honest, most of these people come from a male-dominated world where our language isn't always very good. Uh, that's a problem. That's a problem for me when I hear somebody drop an F-bomb. You know, they, they get into some type of conversation that's not healthy because, you know, we need them to recognize the greater purpose of what we're doing. And if this isn't the right fit for you, there are plenty of places you can play, just not here. You know, we're not, I don't want players abused by coaches. I don't like when coaches scream at people. I mean, I was a, I'm a father of four college athletes, coached basketball for a long time. I never, ever, ever cursed a kid. Very rarely even raised my voice. Because people today, kids especially, they don't care what you know until they know that you care. If you can't, you can motivate much more out of love than you can fear. I mean, the days of Bobby Knight abusing kids are is over. It doesn't it doesn't motivate anymore. They will shut down. There's too many options. We don't pay enough money to take that. So why would we allow our coaches and or our players to behave in a way that's worse? So we are absolutely have that conversation before they get in the league and we patrol it pretty quickly during the league. We've had no fights. We've had very few we've had very few conflicts in two years, which is rare for a league like this. Typically, there's, you know, we get guys because they're really talented, but they might have an anger issue or whatever. We really are on top of that, including, you know, we have a anger management uh, program for, for kids. We have, a, we have a psychiatrist on staff that is able to counsel young men if they, if they need it. And you know, we want to be the full person. For their focus too, uh, we have a financial planning program for the kids. We have a we're, we're just announcing a brand new league doctor that focuses on, on structural medicine. Uh, he's he's going to be our director of, of structural management, which is all about getting these young men balanced physically so they can play. Whether that's orthotics, there's just a very way we think we can cut down on a lot of injuries. And again, these are just value-added pieces that these guys get because we can't say we love them and we care about them and not give them everything we can. Awesome. I want to switch gears for a second here, and I want to ask 
What kind of tangible examples or evidence do you have of the growth of the basketball league? Just for listeners, how do we know the kind of growth that you're experiencing in the league? Growth as far as, well, we, we, year one we were eight teams, year two we were ten teams. This year we're sitting at 12 to 13, but I think by the time we're done in the next month we're going to be closer to 16. Um, wow. There are there are so many markets that this fits in because, again, you look at some of our better markets, Nevada only has 60,000 people in the surrounding two counties. They just don't have hundreds of thousands, but it's the only thing to do. So they come out a thousand at a time to watch the game. I mean, we need about five to 600 fans to break even and make money if they're all, they're all paid fans. So if you do the math on that, you know, where can that, that can fit anywhere in the country. And there's, you know, we're basketball, we're the U.S. We have a limitless supply of raw material. If you're calling our players, that's the base product of what we do is, you know, have pro basketball. There's just a limitless number of young men that want to play that. We have literally hundreds of kids that come out all over the country to try out for our teams. And my only complaint is I don't have enough spots for them. I mean, I want to grow this to the point where, if you're a pro basketball player and you're, you know, the right kind of person, you're going to have a shot to, to play and it's going to be because of our league. So that brings me to the next point is where does an athlete or somebody who wants to play, where where do they go? What's their next step? If they're interested in playing basketball and it sounds like your league is for them or at least where they want to start off, how do they go about that? Well, their best bet would be to go to our website. We will do 25 to 30 combines around the country. And that means that I'm in Chicago on Saturday this week and I'm in Cleveland on Sunday. And then the following week, I'm in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And the reason why we're going to these places is to keep the young men from having to travel as far to one location. And so by, you know, if we're in your area, you need to make the effort to come to a combine. Well, it costs a little bit of money, but the money that you save in travel is more than offset by the money that, that you pay to, to try out. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that these combine events, 100% of the money that come in go right back into the league and the teams to support the guys that make the teams. So 80% of our guys last year came from these trial events. I'm a big fan, nothing against sports agents. I think they're wonderful. But every film they send me, the kid never misses a shot because they edit it to show me how wonderful the young man is. But I can't tell that. Rather than that, I'd rather see them in person. And if I see them in person... I like you. I think you can catch and shoot. I think you can move well. I think you have good length. Whatever we're looking for, with that, we're going to then turn around and give them a contract. Then as we get closer to the season, we assign the kids to different training camps based on need. So if I need a, a pass first point guard, well, I had a kid from the South Bend Combine that was really good at that. If I have a, I need a dog defender, well, I've got a kid that was really good in the, in, in the Buffalo event. And we just keep, you know, filling the, filling the holes. And that's the reason why, you know, we, we, we have so many young men. And it's, it also is a, is a leveler for guys that didn't play high D1. And we've had guys from Duke and Kansas and Kentucky and all the blue blood basketball programs in the country. But what I love is when we find the D3 kid or the kid that maybe never played organized college basketball, but they can look in the rim and they can just flat play the game. Once you get to these combines, your resume goes away. you got to play. And if you can play, then we're going to, we're going to give you, get you a training camp and see if you can, you can become a real pro. So 
that is interesting when it comes to what those combines are. So you kind of make that call, or at least you and your team, of who should play or who kind of has the qualifications to play or who fits whatever need, and then you make the move as to who goes where? Yes. I actually do 100% of it because I think it's only fair that one set of eyes sees everybody. Now, I have different people at every combine, the coaches and teams and friends of mine that play. You know, I, I played a little basketball in my background, so... I've got guys I played in college, in the NBA, high school against that are, you know, good, good. And they'll say, hey, did you notice that kid? And, and I do miss kids. There's no question about it. The larger the group, it's harder to catch every single great player. So it's, it's, I listen to everybody's advice. And by halfway through the day, somebody will go say, who do you got? And I'll say, well, I got 32, 68, 41, and 16 I really like. And they'll say, man, I'll tell you what, 99 is a beast. I didn't even notice next thing. I know I'll watch the 99 of them it's really good because I'm looking for do you win in your in your games? Do you do you run hard? Can you defend? What's your body language like? Do you make a mistake and you just you beat yourself up, or do you lose a game and you beat your teammate up? Because those things aren't going to play well, you know, in our environment. So you start mixing guys out for that. If, if he has great form and he can really catch a shoot, and I tell a kid, I really want to see you catch a shoot. You know, I'm, I don't care if it goes in. I know that he can play. But if I say I really want to see you catch the shoot and they got to catch the ball and dribble eight times before they shoot, that's not going to fit at the next level because the 20% that aren't combine guys are experienced veterans with great resumes that did play at those high levels or did play in Europe or maybe even the NBA. I mean, we've had Jamario Moon, Kareem Rush. We've had Moose um, Parker, Edwin Ubalus, Ronaldo Major. We've had... Several pro basketball guys played in the NBA, played our league. So it's a good level of basketball. Mm. And they have to recognize most combine guys are role players at first. So they build into, you know, a greater role on the team. And if you can't accept that, you can pick that up in the combine as well. So any player that, you know, goes through the combine, goes through all that, and, and is kind of picked as somebody who fits and finds himself in a training camp and then a team, what kind of maybe average financial situation will they find themselves from playing? You know, you're going to my kids are going to average close to fifteen hundred a month. Veterans, you know, the higher level veterans are averaging around three thousand a month, okay. which is very competitive for pro yeah. B level basketball around the world. And there, and, and what's the season length? The, the season goes from February through May, based on the playoffs here. You have playoffs at the end of May, end of May, and, and we're you know we're probably half of our kids will go from our league to play in other countries throughout either the season or postseason. We actually write our contracts so that the young men can leave at any time. They, they can't leave and go between teams in our league because that's anarchy. But if I've got a guy call me from Prince Edward Island, the, the island storm in Canada, and they say, I need a kid that can play, I'm going to place him. And that's fantastic. Our, 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 our good coaches, we have a coach, our coach of the year, Carnell Wiley from the Mesquite Desert Dogs, called me this year and said, listen, Mags, Jonathan Lloyd is lighting this league up. He's five foot nine. Nobody will give him a fair look. He's the only guy in the history of the NCAA to score a touchdown in a bowl game and score 20 in an NCAA tournament game for the University of Oregon. But because he's so small, nobody ever gives him a chance. you got to get him a job someplace. A friend of mine, Duncan Shaw, that owns the Island Storm in Canada, called and said, listen, we're not going to make the playoffs. Give me the best player you have. So I can look at him for the last month and see what I think. You know, three days later, he calls me back and goes, you know, that little guy you sent me at 28 points, 
12 rebounds, 14 assists, but he didn't have any block shots, so I think I'm going to send him back. And he was being funny. He said, I can't believe how good this kid is. Well, no one would give him a look. It might have cost Wiley, Coach Wiley, the championship, but it doesn't matter to him because he needed that for the kid, and he needed that for his team to say, listen, I know you guys aren't making a lot of money. I know this isn't an easy life that we're living. We're driving, you know, 16 hours to Yakima, Washington to play back-to-back games. I know it's not it's not always fun and glamorous as we, as we portray it in the brochures. But look what happens. You can get a great job. And that kid did so well that he'll have his pick of, of, of foreign jobs this year. And that's what we can do for you, young man. Is we, will, we will go as far as to promote them out of our league if that's what's best for them. The fact that they can bounce between or um, you know, outside of the league if they have to if opportunities arise is such an such an wonderful aspect for the athletes that may not know it right now, but that's something that's huge when they get into get into a league like that. Well, we have some kids that will turn it down because they just they just fall in love with the level they're at. I mean, Jason huh. Conrad, the kid I told you about that that was uh, one, one did the art class the seven footer in Yakima. He loves Yakima, Washington. I mean, unless the job is a lot more money, they're not leaving Ronaldo Major is the all-time leading scorer in the G League. He's the logo for the G League. He can make money all over the world. He has kids in this country. He doesn't want to leave the U.S. So he's motivated to stay. I mean, I, I heard mm. from him yesterday. You know, I want to go back to Yakima. I love Yakima. I got a home there. I've got family. I mean, it's not about always getting someplace else. You can also find an environment. Yakima is rare because they average two, 3,000 fans and you really do have a pro experience when you're there because there's, there's such great support in that community. Sure. One more quick question here is, what does a player need before they can try out? Is it just is it just like an age requirement and that's it? Or is there anything else? So to be honest, this is, a, this is a controversial statement. Okay. But even the age requirement is something we look at. I mean, when you, when you look at today, the best players, who was the MVP in the NBA last year? Giannis, however you say his last name. He didn't go to college. He didn't go to high school and play high school basketball. He was a pro in Greece at 16. Who was the, who was the rookie of the year? Luca. Again, I can't say his last name, but he was a pro in Spain at 16. When you're a pro at a young age, I, you can't tell me when I played in Barcelona, Juventus, in Spain, if I knew there was a 16-year-old, 6'7 kid coming against me, I'm going to bust his tail. I'm going to knock him down. I'm going to beat him up. But you know what? By the end of the year, that talented young kid's going to know how to put an arm bar on me and keep me off. He's going to know how to uh, how to offset my strength, and he's going to use his skill set. And by the time he's 17, he's a lot better. By the time he's 18, he's one of the better players in the league. By the time he's 19, he's ready to walk into the Dallas Mavericks and be rookie of the year, and everybody goes, look how amazing Luka is. Yeah, Luka played against men. And you're seeing our kids in our country now are going to the NBL Australia when they graduate from college, high school to, to instead of going straight to the NBA because the NBA looks down on kids that play four years of college. If you look at uh, the best player in college basketball three years ago was Frank Mason from Kansas. And he was a Naismith Award winner, the best player, yet he was drafted 47. So how could 46 kids be better than, than the best player in college basketball? Well, the answer was he's a 23-year-old senior. And the NBA would say if he was 19, he'd be top five. But at 40, but, but at 23, he's smoked. And so he did make it. He is playing. But he lost a huge amount of money and opportunity because he stayed in Kansas, which is my alma mater and the greatest 
Okay, that is an excellent point. All those, all, all those people you talked about, and and there is kind of a curse that looms over a player when they when they spend the four years in the NCAA or college ball in general. But fantastic. Uh, thank you, David. Looking forward to seeing you. Bye bye. See. You. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Globally Ballin' Podcast. We are so thankful for the growing support that we're having. We appreciate your feedback and your requests that you're sending in. Thank you for that. We will do our best to get to what you want to hear from next. We're adding new content. all the, We're searching out new content all the time. New topics, new leagues, players, key stories, agents, anything we can that we find helpful for you or we think is helpful for you as well as entertaining for fans. We're doing everything we can. So I thank you for your following and your support. Please let us know again, like I always say, if there's anybody you want to hear from, the best way to get in touch is at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash globally ball and send us a message. You know, if there's an athlete you want to hear from, a league you want to learn more about, a country playing and you want to know about or a sport in general, the opportunities that follow, anything that interests you, let us know. Or if you have any feedback, anything, the best way to get in contact with us is at facebook.com slash globally ballin if you have any questions about the basketball league you can also ask us at facebook.com slash globally ballin but also go to the basketball league website they have a big span of combines coming out i will be at the one in chicago which i'm super excited about our first on location event so that's going to be really exciting but there's a host of them coming up so check that out follow them get in touch we're always a backup i mean Talk to them first. There's almost nothing that they're not going to be able to tell you that we could. I mean, it's their league, and they're very responsive, very helpful. David's a wonderful guy, so go to their page, talk to them, and they'll get you set up. It's not something to overlook. Always consider your options. Never give up, and something's out there for you. You just got to find it. I want to thank again David Magley for his time and his insight and honesty and fantastic interview. And we wish the league all the best. I Like I said, I'm very interested in diving into it, going to the Combine on Saturday, learning more about it. We'll have some more content for everybody, but uh, stay tuned. Continue to follow us on uh, the best way to get updates is our Facebook page, facebook.com slash So thank you again for your support. I appreciate it. All you Philippine fans, go check out the Limahan Basketball Podcast. I'll provide a link in this description. Go follow them and learn more about basketball in the Philippines. If you're you're a fan of the Philippines or you're interested in it, go check out that podcast too. That's phenomenal. So thank you all for your time, and we look forward to hearing from you soon, and um, we'll have some new content for you soon as well. Thank you. Thank you all for making it through another episode. A couple things I got a quick run through, and then we'll be done. Uh, first, if you haven't already, go ahead and follow us on our different key platforms. Uh, first, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash globallyballin. Also, Instagram, uh, at globallyballinofficial, and then Twitter, at globallyballin. The Instagram and Twitter are by far our most active, and they're also very different content. They're actually run by different people. So go ahead and make sure you're following both of those, and they'll also both alert you for when something new is posted either in the podcast or Patreon, which I'm gonna talk about in just a second. 
also um, when it comes to the Facebook account, the Facebook account seems um, less active and we're aware of that. It's different kind of content and more is coming to the Facebook page. So you'll want to like it to make sure you're ready when a new wave of different content, which is coming soon, starts to make its way on there, which is exciting. Uh, finally, though, is the Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com and then you search globally ball and you're going to find our account $3 a month. And with that, you're going to get a, a couple of things. First, shout out to all the supporters, which is great, which is actually also really good for any of you athletes out there. It's a great way to get your name, your brand, your place where people can find your highlight tapes, all that stuff. That'll be plugged in our episodes, which is great. So if you become a patron um, for the $3 a month, you'll get that. In addition, though, what we're really kind of excited about, not that we're not excited about the other one, is that you're going to get a bunch of extra content. It's going to be different from when I originally recorded this to when you're listening to this now. We're going to keep adding to it. Uh, there's a lot of different stuff. It might just be extra stuff that didn't fit into an episode. And there's also a whole new um, different kind of content called Candid Conversations, which is basically a whole new show that we started. As the name suggests, it's a conversation between me and somebody else. For whatever reason, it doesn't fit into an episode. And if you go check out one of those Candid Conversations, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So that $3 a month, you're going to get your shout out and your... Um, your help to support your brand or get attention to your highlight reel or whatever, plus a lot of extra detailed, fun content in addition to this free podcast. So go and check that out. Refresher, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash globally ballin, Instagram at globally ballin official, Twitter at globally ballin, and uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash or patreon.com search globally ballin and you'll find do the $3 a month patron if you're interested and get all new content a bunch of additional content uh if that's not for you totally fine we still really appreciate you supporting and listening uh if you have any suggestions make sure you send us a message again because we're most active on instagram and twitter that's the best way to send us a suggestion we'd be happy to listen and um and try to get anybody in that area and that sport that country that topic that'll help you best so make sure you send us one of those requests otherwise thank you again for listening you'll hear from us again uh, next week